As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Chance here for Kaleshi Inacho! Bang! In a flash, Leicester City changed the picture. Very disappointing. Um, obviously, the second half is more what I would expect, but you know, we lacked aggression in our defending and, and in our football. Hello and welcome to 5000 to 1, the Leicester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me, as always, a man who managed to get Martin O'Neill up and dancing to Saturday Night Fever in the West End. It's former club captain and Leicester City legend, Mr Matt Elliott. How are you, Matt? Yes, very good, Rob. Um, ticking it along, um, dealing with everything as it as it comes to us. But uh, top marks to produce a Joel again. again. Joel, week after week, he comes up with a stat. I think he might be struggling from now on, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's he's been dragging up it. Saturday Night Fever in the West End. That was exactly. every Saturday night for you, wasn't it, Matt? Well, not in the West End, maybe, but uh, had a few Saturday night fevers, yeah. But it was um, yeah, one step beyond madness last week, and uh, it's scraping the barrel a bit now, isn't he? I think, but yeah, that 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 harps back just quickly to uh, Martin O'Neill days, obviously, uh, with Leicester, and it used to be a little ritual of his, brought on from I think I'm assuming Nottingham Forest days under Brian Clough, uh, whenever we got to a cup final or appearance at Wembley, which was quite regular um, back back then, in, in that late 90s era. Martin used to take us down to Burnham Beaches, where the England uh, would, would reside in preparation for international games. And we used to stay there for two, three days in the build-up to the final. And say the final was on a Sunday, he would take us on a Friday night into the West End to go and watch a, a musical show uh, in, in the theatre. So um, my, <laughs> and this particular, that was 99, I think, before the Tottenham game. Um, went to Saturday Night Fever. As you can imagine, oh, half the lads were grumbling, thinking, oh, what are we doing? We don't do the theatre. And um, the likes of Ian Marshall were there and, <laughs> you know, all, all the assortment of characters and individuals that we had, the mishmash of players. And they were all sulking a little bit. Saying, oh, I just want to stay at the hotel and, you know, have some nice food, relax. I want to go and watch... The, um, some theatrical show, but we went there, and obviously with the music, all the Bee Gees, after about 
40 minutes, everyone got into the swing of it, up, dancing, doing the old John Travolta bit, and Martin was up as well, and Robbo, and <laughs> it, it was brilliant, all, all sober as a judge. No one had, had had a tipple or anything, but I think it's the first time ever you got 25 lads up dancing um, when they hadn't even had a beverage. You know, they were up there bopping around like a good, and it, it was a brilliant show. It was a brilliant show. Unfortunately, we lost the final, but um, we, did just say, we did just say next year, actually, when we won against Tranmere, I can't remember what show, I think it was ABBA. So you can imagine the scene on that one. But uh, yeah, it was a great little superstition that Martin used to have for us. Very enjoyable. Well, let's hope that Brendan Rogers is taking his lads to uh, to see a show before a, a big cup final uh, with this one, the big semi-final coming up this week. We'll get into that and the fallout from the West Ham defeat last week. But before we get underway, uh, just like to uh, let people know that right now you can subscribe to The Athletic for a special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash Pod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash Pod. Right, let's kick off then with the, the negative. West Ham last weekend, big game. We build it as a big game. It was coming on the back of a, of a, a defeat to, to, to Man City, which, you know, obviously we, we sort of, uh, you, you could have legislate for. But this was the big one with Leicester starting the day third and Man City fourth. Still in the same positions, but obviously it was an opportunity to put a bit of daylight between Leicester and West Ham. To say that it went pear-shaped from the start to finish is an understatement really, isn't it? From the news that several players were left out uh, for breaking COVID regulations by attending a party. Um, Brendan taking the decision to leave them out rather than find them because to hurt footballers, to punish footballers, it's better to uh, for them to miss football than to miss a bit of money in their bank account because they've got so much of it, let's be honest. Um, but uh, And of course, he was might have been hoping for a reaction from the rest of the lads, but it was one of the poorest performances of the season. And it was the wrong time. The whole thing about it, the timing, not only of the lads deciding to go to a party Ozzy Perry's house, but also the timing of that uh, of that fixture as well. It's, the timing was just terrible. Certainly was, Rob. There's no getting away from that fact. Is there? You know, as you say, well, even before the start of the game, uh, things were taking a negative turn, weren't they? And yeah, you know, I, I was unusually not working uh, on the game in any capacity, and it was at home. Turned the telly on, and then you know, gathered the news what had happened. You straight away, you sort of. Uh, your shoulders sort of slumped a little bit, didn't they? And uh, that seemed to be the case for the players as well because their performance was was very soft, wasn't it? And it was tame. You, know, um, you, you, would hope, you were hoping that with a game you know, of this size, of this importance, because say what you like, you know, I sort of tried to play it down a little bit and I was trying to be positive, saying... Listen, Leicester go there and win, and that's West Ham nearly out of the equation, maybe. But um, as we all know, that wasn't the case, and Leicester didn't turn up, and quite literally, in in some sense, no pun intended there. But you know, to to receive that news, the players weren't able to react, were they? You know, and this, it's d- disappointing, frustrating, and also a little worrying. A little worrying, really. But you know, I, the only consolation was they got things together a little bit in the final 25 minutes or so, didn't they? A little bit more like the, their usual selves. And 
made the scoreline respectable and very nearly pinched something out of the game and they probably didn't deserve it overall. But yeah, the, the, I, the, I just thought, I actually thought in the opening parts of the game, despite the scoreline going as it did, you know, 1-0, 2-0 down, 3-0 after the sec, after the half time, I didn't think Leicester were that bad in terms of general play. But where it mattered in, in both final thirds, Leicester were well short, weren't they? You know, I didn't think West Ham played that well. How much would that have affected those players, though, to lose several of their teammates and two of their more creative uh, attacking players because of a disciplinary issue? Uh, I mean, Brendan hid it very, very well because this had been going on all week. The, the party was yeah. the previous Sunday after the Man City game. Uh, he even told us in the press conference on Friday that Madison was available for selection, but he obviously wasn't because he was training uh, in isolation after breaking the bubble. They had to; they weren't allowed back down the training ground until they'd passed a positive test. Passed the test, not positive, hopefully. Uh, and <laughs> then uh, they trained alone for the week. So that must have been difficult for the preparation for the players, um, thinking, right, OK, a couple of our best players are, are out and it's not through injury, it's through something else. Would that have affected the players? I, I don't think it's... A- a good enough excuse for the performance, really, and I, I don't think, I don't think Brendan Rodgers would would use that, you know, even as a reason, really, because effectively, you know, of late, it's only Perez who, who was missing, really, um, and I know he's been, you know, influential when Leicester have played well lately you know, since he's come back from injury, but Madison hasn't really had an input, and the other players. Are, you know, all injured or on the periphery of things. So it, it was only Perez, really, that Leicester was short of. And then, you know, Dennis Pratt, fully-fledged Belgian international. Um, you know, some would say that was a reasonable replacement. Um, but, you know, it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, and, and also, I don't think the players can use it as an excuse, really, because they've known about it all week. Uh, Unlike ourselves, as you've just mentioned, it was kept amazingly quiet, to be honest, because people will see from different quarters who's training throughout the week and ask the questions why certain individuals aren't. They've done unbelievably well, which is obviously the intention from Leicester City to keep it quiet. Um, but ultimately, you know, they've come out, they've stated the facts, and it's not. It, there's no shock value to it it's not like the players can be taken aback by it they've had time to prepare for it and they, they just they just weren't at the races really you know tame defensively they, they conceded far too easily and they didn't look potent at all um in and around the danger area you know, they had a decent amount of possession but it was just a weak performance and they need to stir themselves up not just for this weekend but for the whole running because you know i thought i thought it was it was really disappointing, you know, for a number of reasons. Obviously, it didn't help, right? The players not being there, and you know, there's a little bit of a sort of negative feel about it, and you almost a sense, you know, of embarrassment for the other players as well, a little bit. But you know, you've you've got to be professional, and you, you've got to go out there and perform in a game of that magnitude. And they didn't. And like I say, West Ham, I didn't think were that good, and they, they can just folded within the game far too easily. I agree with you. I don't think it should be used as an excuse. The players that were put out by Brendan were strong enough to put in a lot better performance than they did. Okay, West Ham were uh, have been a, having a great season 
Um, really unexpected. There'd been a surprise package. And Jesse Lingard just epitomises that surprise element because uh, he looked like his career was going nowhere at Man United. He goes out on loan and rejuvenates himself. Um, superb performances. But uh, no, I, I agree with you. But now Brendan's dealt with it. Players are back in now. Siuncu's back from Turkey. Should have uh, nearly everybody now back uh, available set for the long-term injuries. Um, the focus, that I think the lads that have come back in now owe not just to the club, not just to their teammates, but to, to the fans, but to themselves as well, to put in some big performances between now and the end of the season to uh, atone from that. And I think Brendan will be using that message to try and get them up for another huge game. And let's see if Leicester City can turn up for this one, because if they can't turn up for an FA Cup semi-final, uh, the first one for 39 years that the club's had, then uh, there really might be a, an issue with the mentality within the camp. But um, I, f I think they will turn up, and, and I think Madison will be back in and itching to prove a point, because now his England chances were remote for the Euros before this happened. I don't think he's got any chance now, but if he can just uh, get Leicester over the line in the Champions League and the FA Cup, uh, what, a, what a riposte that would be. Yeah, very much so. Eddie, if that was to be achieved, then uh, this incident, for want of a better phrase, you know, will be long forgotten. You know, it will certainly sort of you know, help... Uh, erode the memories, won't, wouldn't it? And, you know, if they were to get that double success on, on two fronts, and it's it's the only way to go about things now, isn't it? You know, I, I I don't want to, you know, at the end of the day, there's there's no defending the players there. They were naive to the extreme, or probably naive is not the right word, but they were, um, you know, foolish, foolish really to think that that they weren't going to get found out. Someone's going to say something. And you know, it always does, doesn't it, in, in these situations. And the timing of it couldn't have been any worse. You know, it was foolhardy in a number of ways. And they suffered the indignity and the embarrassment and the disappointment, the frustration from the supporters as well. I mean, some supporters were absolutely fuming. And to an extent, justifiably so. But they hope it, wasn't, it won't derail... Um, you know, the main target, the main focus, which is that Champions League qualification, ideally, and who knows, you know, possible FA Cup success. But um, yeah, they, yeah, they've got to be strong-minded. They've got to, you know, no excuses. Um, that they look even sillier if, off the back of that, that became, you know, a reason, or, or some people's mind, an excuse. Um, because it's dis you know become a distraction, get on with it, and then you know make sure that they they get the job done because it, it's just a shame if things were to slip away again this season after so much hard work. And I think uh, you know dis disappointing me uh, this weekend like they're coming up into this game they've got to go and out out and perform because I thought they turned the corner a little bit in terms of mental capacity when they played against Man United because that was a huge game and they went out there and got in Man United's faces and it was almost a declaration of going, we are genuinely competing at this level. Uh, less so against Man City. Okay, semi-expected but disappointing. And then West Ham was, you know, pressure cooked the game, didn't turn up. And if that happens again in an FA Cup semi-final, then I think there is an issue to deal with. So they need to prove to themselves, as much as anyone, that they are capable of consistently performing at these high-level games. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hello listeners, sorry to interrupt your show, but we've got a small favour to ask. We're currently doing a bit of a survey to find out more about you, your podcast listening habits and the sort of adverts that are most relevant to you. If you feel like helping, please head to surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. That's pretty catchy, so I'll say it one more time. Surveymonkey.com slash r slash athletic audio UK. Thank you. Well, let's look ahead now then to to Sunday. Massive game. 39 years since Leicester were in an FA Cup semi-final. This is huge for the club. Um, those lads, without question, will be back in the frame. Would you put them back in, Matt? I mean, I I probably would now. I'd say, like, to yeah. move on now. I know there's some fans that think not. Some fans think they should never play for the club. Some fans think it's it's a complete overreaction. And and, and I've even had yeah. some fans um, suggest to me that um, you know what's the what's the problem with some young lads uh, who are in a bubble having a party together? Well, they weren't alone <laughs> for starters. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't exactly. just the five of them or whatever having a little party at Ozzy Perry's house. Um, so yeah, there is issues around that and it has divided fans in some way. But I think it's time now for everyone to pull together for this game get them back in as well and get them focused on this game yeah I think 100% they'll be included in the team squad selection uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that you know as far as we know there's not any sort of repercussions off the off the back of the situation yeah we'll divide supporters opinions you know everything always does you know to varying degrees but you know what's what's done is done. And I, certainly, I myself and sit there and sort of totally castigate them. They were wrong, hundred percent. If it would, if it was me in my playing days, I'd put my hands up and say, "Oh, yeah, I was a bit of an idiot." Big apologies. I'll try and do my best to turn things round. But you know, I don't think you can be uh, hounded out of the game or the club. Uh, you know, it was no angel myself in certain situations. Um, I could have behaved myself a little bit better and sure the players regret their actions. But um, onwards and upwards, really, you know, you've got to get on with uh, proceedings and, and, and go and face the challenges ahead. And it's, um, it's a big test for them. It's a big test for them because people will be looking for them to fail now and they've got to be strong and react. And if they do so and turn things around positively... Like I said before, people won't necessarily forget, but uh, it will become a distant memory all of a sudden. And things change quickly, you know that as much as anyone, Robin, in, in your industry, yeah, the, the focus. Uh, there'll be another narrative coming up soon. Um, hopefully it's a positive one. 
and, and Leicester can move forwards. And uh, looking forward to a huge, huge game at the weekend, isn't it? Southampton have got their own problems. Leicester have got a few of theirs. But um, that all can be put to one side, certainly for one day, didn't it? You know, go and relish the occasion and go and hopefully create history for Leicester City. Well, let's talk about how Brendan might approach this one. Let's start from the front to the back. Um, he's got to still go with uh, the front two with a number 10 in behind. Would you go with Madison? Would you go with Pratt? Would you go with Perez? I don't know, but you've got to go with Kletching because he is the man in form. His two goals at West Ham taking his tallies to 14 level with Vardy in all competitions. He's the top scoring African in the FA Cup, believe it or not. That's incredible. Um, he's been on a fantastic run of form. He has to start. Those two have been a revelation together. I know it's been a long spell now for Jamie without a goal, but uh, yeah, Kelechi has certainly stepped up to the plate. I mean, no goals in the last 10, one goal in the last 18 for Vardy. Um, yeah. But he's a big game player, isn't he? This is a big game. Yeah, strange but true, isn't it? That fact, I mean, he has gone through similar runs after injury before, perhaps not to this extent, but... I'm not overly concerned about Jamie Vardy at the moment. Um, I know everyone's waiting for his his decline because of his age, but uh, I don't think that's really to happen just yet. You're right. I, I mean, I, in terms of team selection, starting from the front, the, 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 you're not going to drop Jamie Vardy for a game like this. Ian Acho you know, was obviously nailed on with his current form, goal-scoring record. And I, I, it's a bit of a conundrum for, for Brendan, really, I think, because I, I don't, I'm not saying the back three doesn't suit Leicester because they've had some great results with it, but I don't know. There, there isn't that balance or, of, of width, is there, you know, within the squad itself now, with Harvey Barnes being out under, um, not being a factor. And his hand is almost forced, really, to, to stick with that back three, uh, especially if he wants to include. Madison or, Pe or Perez, or possibly both, unlikely. But Madison, I don't know if he will get the nod or not, you know. I think people will assume that, but he's only had a little bit of football, hasn't he, since he's been yeah. out for a while. So I wouldn't be surprised if Perez gets the nod initially and look to bring Madison on because he's, he'll be that little bit more match fit, although obviously he missed the game last week. It, yes, it, it, I suppose he's stronger to his team in terms of personnel would dictate a back three, wasn't it? Sancho coming back with the other two centre-halves. Ricardo Castagna wing-backs, the two in midfield. A.N. Other in the number 10 slot. I think maybe Perez. And then and then the two marksmen as well. Yeah, a team near enough, by that Madison-Perez dilemma, picks itself. But the, the problem lies ahead um, when Leicester have the, the Premier League games that they need to get some points out of. I think they might be a bit more proactive there in, in an attacking sense and go with the back four and get more bodies forward but that's for them uh, at the weekend I think he'll, he'll still apply the back three yeah to to be secure first and foremost because uh, you know th th that's the way he gets his best players out on the pitch that he's got available 
I think so as well. I think the side pretty much picks itself. If uh, it, that that only number ten position is really the one that uh, is open for real debate, it'll yeah. be uh, Pereira, Castagna, the wing backs. I think he'll go with Siunsu as long as he's fit enough because he has been training at the Turkish um, centre just outside his. He's, he's a natural athlete. Yeah, he'll be fit. He, he? he can be out for three months and play ninety minutes, can't he? You know, he'd come yeah. back in and look impressive. He's, he's one of those lads. Yeah, so it'd be the back three. Those two wing backs. Tielemans and Didi, uh, we're expecting possibly Madison or Perez uh, behind the front. Now, the fact that there's a partnership, you see partnerships uh, rare in the Premier League, attacking partnerships these days, but Southampton play with the front two as well, Danny Ings and another. Uh, it's been uh, Adams and it's been lately it's been Redmond. When you're playing at a back three, Matt, and you've got two to mark, do, do you want the security of a fourth man? Well, you shouldn't need it. I mean, you should be in an ideal world, but uh, to match up, you know, you play. I mean, in terms of playing a, I mean, if a back four, you don't need four defenders. You know, full backs and full backs narrow up and assist, but you should be able to go two v two in terms of centre halves against centre forwards. So that's, I mean, we did it regularly throughout my career. Although more often not at Leicester, we played the back three. So, uh, ironically, it used to have more problems on the rare occasion when it did come up against the one centre-forward, because you, I mentioned it to you before, three centre-halves, you all do sort of a third of a job each, and um, you can come unstuck because you almost sort of become a little bit complacent. You think, we've only got the one here. And it was, uh, you know, everyone was sort of looking to think, well, he's not my man, I can perhaps... You know, nip in and try and win the ball, etc. All of a sudden, a gap opens up and you get caught out. So, I think you know, as a back three, you shouldn't be phased by two strikers coming up against you. You shouldn't need that insurance. The wing backs often drop back anyway, don't they, and create a, a back five unless you're you're being played against on the counter. But you know, more often not, wing backs are in position. Uh, I don't see that being an issue at all in terms of purely the system itself but the individuals might cause problems you know Shea Adams strong uh, robust isn't he you know energetic Ings very crafty good movement lovely technique they're, they're a good mix those two uh, Redmond as you say Walcott before that the, the Southampton have got some ability but they've been having some problems themselves haven't they Dad? there's no there's no sort of um, coordination in their play is there they you know, been stuttering to say the least, haven't they? Leicester got going to it favourites, but listen, you, you can spin things in, in different ways, can't you? But at the end of the day, that back three that Leicester have got, I can't change my mind, you know, two weeks later, how impressive they are for Farner, Evans, Soyuncu, and, and the two wing back, Schmeichel behind, and Didi in front. What a platform it gives you. And if they're on their game, if they're on their game, they should be able to give the base for Leicester to go and win the game. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes 
and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, I'm Adam Hurry and Football Clichés is the podcast you never knew you needed. Every week, to quite unnecessary depth, we examine the words, the phrases, the accepted wisdom, the mannerisms, the habits, the gestures, the symbols, the sounds and the smells that everyone takes for granted in football, but which really are the glorious glue that holds it all together. For example, have you ever really listened to the Football League goals roundups? I mean, really listen to them? Because they all sound pretty much like this. Team X went into this game with just one win in their last 13. And when Team Y took the lead inside four minutes at Stadium Z, the home fans were probably starting to fear the worst. But Striker A had other ideas, and this game turned on its head in the space of five minutes midway through the second half. First, a smart finish from the edge of the box brought Team X level, and he repeated the trick on the hour mark to bring his tally for the season to 22. By now, Team X were in the mood, and although striker A squandered a gilt-edge chance to complete his hat-trick, on-loan Dutchman winger B made it three with a curling effort from long range. Team Y's misery was compounded in stoppage time when midfielder C's late challenge on fullback D saw them reduced to ten men. An afternoon to forget for manager E's men then, but Team X will hope they have finally turned a corner under caretaker boss manager F. Listen to Football Clichés wherever you get your podcasts and also ad-free when you subscribe to The Athletic. Well, the last three visits to Wembley for uh, Leicester have not gone well. In fact, the last time Leicester won a game at Wembley Stadium, you played in it, 2000, the League Cup final. <laughs> um, it's quite a remarkable Strange but true those, again. Those two league games at, uh, when Spurs were playing at Wembley and the uh, Community Shield as well. So there's only been the three. But isn't it remarkable that we're talking about Leicester City and so few appearances at Wembley, certainly in the FA Cup as well. Um, I mean, a club the yeah. size of Leicester. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's right, really, isn't it? I mean, it's sort of scratch your head in disbelief, especially myself, because unfortunately, it does seem so long ago um, when we were appearing in the Cup final, that game against Tranmere, but you know, over 21 years, and it shows you how, you know, how sport Leicester City fans were. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know at the level they were competing at, you know, with the playoffs, wasn't it? But three League Cup finals in four years, and it was amazing, really. Amazing stuff, especially relatively. You know, the statue of Leicester City as a club back then. Uh, things have moved on, and, and thankfully upwards for Leicester, but the Wembley appearances have diminished. But um, none of them have been proper Wembley appearances really have they? This is the no, big one, isn't it? This you know, is the big one, yeah. Listen, it would have been nice to beat Tottenham twice and, and to you know win the Community Shield. Of course it would. But there weren't fully-fledged Wembley appearances where this is where it matters. And it's time for the players to sort of... Not that they haven't been, yeah, but, but to stand up to the challenge uh, and go and go and be successful because... It would mean so much to so many people, wouldn't it? Especially after uh, such a drought uh, of appearances at Wembley. Unfortunately, the fans are going to be limited, if at all. Um, but it's still a massive occasion. Um, you know, and without being disrespectful, uh, it, it, there is a sense that Leicester, if they're on their game, you know, they can get the right result, 
get to a final and then you're really talking about an occasion, aren't you? But I'm not necessarily a fan of semi-final appearances at Wembley, but it is what it is. You know, make the most of it and go and make sure you get the job done. Well, I'm glad it's not at, at Villa Park because the last two times they played a semi-final at Villa Park, they lost them both. Um, hopefully I'm working on a, a feature looking back at the, the 1982 clash at Villa Park against Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham won 2-0 that day. Everything seemed to go wrong for second division Leicester. Um, uh, with Tommy Williams breaking his leg, an own goal from Wilson. It was just one of those oh. those days. And obviously the most recent uh, semi-final defeat at uh, Villa Park was in the, the League Cup. So course, we've seen yeah. the heartbreak there. But I'll tell you how, how special it is um, and how rare it is. Uh, we only get one pass per f- uh, semi-final at the Athletic. We're normally able to send two reporters. And the other semi-final, Man City and Chelsea, the two writers were like very, very gracious, going, oh, no, you go, you go, because they go every season. It's like it's part of their their, their season yeah, yeah, campaigns. Yeah. A trip to them. Now, me and my co- my colleague covering Southampton were like, well, no, we'll, we'll toss a coin for this one because uh, we both want to go. So uh, that's how uh, rare and special it is. We've got to savour it. Unfortunately, that there's no... Fans from each club there. Two, I think it's 2,000 or 4,000 fans are going to be in, but they're all going to be from the local Brent area, the NHS yeah. staff or the council workers and, and local residents in there. It's going to be used as a, a test case uh, moving forward. If all the procedures work on the day, then we might see more fans coming in for the Caribbean Cup and the, and the FA Cup final, and then eventually the Euros as well. But it's a start, isn't it? It's a stepping stone. It's a procedure they're going to have to go through to eventually so we can get uh, fans back from each of the clubs. Well, listen, by now, that phrase, it is what it is sort of thing, you know, comes to mind again, doesn't it? People are eternally frustrated, you know, different walks of life, aren't they, for different reasons. But, um, listen, you can grumble, moan as much as you want. It's not going to change things, is it? So get on with it. Um, you know, the the quicker things are tested and proven to be safe, etc., the quicker full stadia comes back into operation again, doesn't it? So we just have to knuckle down and, and get on with things. But I'm actually fortunate enough to be attending. I've, uh, I'm going down there working on Sunday, but they've got to go through all sorts of rigmarole with lateral flow tests and screening and filling in forms, etc. I'm bound to get something wrong, so I'll probably get refused entry by the time I get there, Rob. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm one of the fortunate few, I, I have to say. But it's, it's such a shame. It is such a shame. But, you know, but you can say that you know, Leeds supporters this year, Liverpool supporters winning the league couldn't celebrate properly. Leeds back in the Premier League for the first time in years and Leicester back at Wembley for the first time in in literally 21 years, you know, in a in a big fixture and I don't know, just sign of the times mate, isn't it? But um, I have to deal with it and hopefully sooner rather than later, things take a turn for the better. And I won the the, uh, the toying cost, so I'm there. Oh, as did well. you? Yeah, oh, the way I you were won. talking. Oh, right. No, okay. no, no. I'm, I'm there as well. We, oh, we, well, at least Leicester won something. Hopefully, hopefully that's going to be an omen for Sunday. Oh, we won the, the, the toying cost. I wasn't going to like ask you because I, I thought by the sort of negative <laughs> tone of your voice that that you'd come unstuck. So, oh, good. So, right. That's all right. I'll see you down there. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to get a lift together, are we? But I'll, no, no, no. No car share. Wonderful, good stuff. Yeah. Well, Matt, I'll see you at Wembley. Thank you very much for joining us again on this uh, podcast, five thousand to one. Pleasure, mate. Yeah, look forward to seeing you at the weekend. 
We're flying down the down the M1, won't we? Sunday afternoon should be a nice clear stretch. That's one bonus <laughs> with the fans not going. At least it won't take six hours to get there. But uh, uh, much rather have supporters um, attending. But unfortunately not to be. But uh, pleasure as always to chat to you, mate. Catch up soon. Cheers, Matt. And thank you all for listening again. Join us next week when we hopefully we'll be talking about Leicester City in an FA Cup final. The Athletic. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.